This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. This is Secrets of the Most Productive People, a productivity podcast where we work smarter instead of harder and dissect exactly how to get it all done. I'm Fast Company contributing writer and editor Anissa Prabhasari Horton coming to you from my closet in Mexico City. And I'm Fast Company assistant editor Pavithra Mohan filling in for Kate Davis. This week, we're talking about how to beat open office distractions. Okay, so I feel like we wouldn't be exaggerating if we say that open office is literally one of the most hated feature of modern working life. I think that would be an accurate statement. Yeah, long-time listeners will probably remember that we actually did an episode in season one about open offices, and we got so many messages from our listeners about how much they hated the open office. You would not believe. It was like, I think it was one of the most, I think, interactive episodes we've had. I don't even think we just like (laughs) ranted for the whole episode, and then we got a lot of rants back. Yeah, that completely makes sense to me. I mean, I feel like we could probably do another entire episode on why it's terrible for productivity. I know for me personally, my biggest pet peeve is trying to conduct interviews when everybody around me is also on the phone or could get on the phone in the middle of my interview. And, to you know, this seems like something of a problem when you work in media and you have to take interviews very often. So as a writer, I really struggle with that. Yeah. And sometimes you can hear who they're interviewing. So it's like you're listening to multiple conversations and yes. you're like, ah, yes. what am I saying? <laughs> exactly. I think mine would be unwanted interruptions. I think our colleague Catherine Schwab wrote about this recently, and I think it's a piece that really resonated with a lot of our readers. Apparently, research shows that it takes like 25 minutes for someone to return to work when they've been interrupted. And even if the interruptions is just 2.8 seconds long, it can double the amount of errors that people make, which again, it's also pretty scary working in the media, considering that, you know, a lot of what we do hinges on accuracy. Right, absolutely. I'm I'm not very surprised to hear those numbers, because I certainly experience that when I'm trying to write, and I you know, I just get totally knocked off track and then it's really hard to get back into what it, whatever it was that I was doing. And, you know, sometimes you're in the middle of transcribing something or you're in the middle of a sentence and you're just trying to hammer out <laughs> that sentence and then somebody <laughs> sends you a Slack message or somebody comes up to you. So, yeah, I think it can be really depressing and frustrating when you start to add up those figures and really kind of reckon with how much productivity you're losing on a day to day basis. It's crazy because I never really noticed the impact when I was working in an office. It was when I sort of, it was only when I stopped working in an office and now I can actually have control over my working environment, which is usually my house or, you know, Mm -hmm. the occasional cafes and co-working um, spaces. I noticed that just the fact that I don't have to task switch constantly because when you get interrupted, that is a form of task switching. You have to turn your attention to whatever the person is asking you. It really does help you be more efficient and it's depressing and kind of scary. I was like, oh, wow, I was really unproductive for many, many years. Yeah, (laughs) still there. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I'm much more productive when I can kind of carve out time, um, whether I'm at home or at a coffee shop or something. And can just like, you know, work on one thing free of distraction. Um, And so I I will sometimes stay home and work from home if I'm 
writing and I just really need that time to focus. But I still think, you know, it's challenging because for many people, this isn't an option. So, you know, self-employment seems like a great way to beat open office distraction, (laughs) but not necessarily something everyone can, uh, you know, aspire to. Yeah, exactly. Um, And Scott and I talked about this in the last episode. It was the same with sleep. You know, not everyone has control over their schedule. And we are definitely going to talk about all the ways that You know, some of our colleagues here at Fast Company have tried to beat open office distractions. But first, let's cover some of the reasons why they're actually really bad for distraction and productivity. Well, we've already covered two. Um, Another one that Catherine mentioned in her article is that open offices actually end up being less effective than what they were sort of originally intended for. Um, The the idea was to really facilitate collaboration. And, you know, that, that isn't really something that has ended up being the case. Um, A 2018 Harvard Business School study found that people ended up spending 75% less time interacting with their colleagues out of fear of disturbing them. But instead, they send them messages, you know, over Slack or over email, which, of course, ends up interacting them regardless. So email usage actually went up by like 67%. Oh boy, Slack is like a whole other thing about open offices. Do you remember that time when one of our editors proposed that we were going to have a no Slack day and it never happened? (laughs) It never happened. And it was talked about many times and people were like, well, when could we possibly do that? (laughs) So yeah, I don't think it ever ended up panning out because it's just really hard, especially in a media environment, to not use Slack. Um, But it's you know, a catch-22 because it's really hard to get work done then. Yeah, I know. I'm like trying to imagine how long people would last. I'm like, maybe a minute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult because I think to get, you you know, you're frequently working on short deadlines. um, And so because of that, you have to use Slack so you can kind of talk about things in real time. But at the same time, you need to get things done and you're getting interrupted by Slack constantly. So I'm very envious of the people who seem to be able to just Slack and tweet and churn out a story all at once. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. That's why my Twitter presence is not that great, because... (laughs) (laughs) Same, I hear you. Yeah. So here's another surprising reason that I think came out of Catherine's article that I never really thought about. Apparently, because open offices make people feel like they have less privacy, it ends up having a more disproportionate impact on women. There was a study that found that women would end up avoiding certain parts of the office because they didn't want to be stared at or they changed the way they dress completely to avoid unwanted attention. And you know, like when that's constantly on your mind, it's super hard to focus with whatever you're doing when you're worried if there was some creep, if there's a creep that's going to be staring at you. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine if I was working, you know, in a glass office, for example. Uh, but I will say for someone like me that that's never been top of mind just because I, I haven't known any other office environment. I've only ever worked in an open office. So maybe that sort of issue is just kind of built into our thinking as working women whenever we step into an office. Um, I I know I'm certainly, even now, even though it's a core part of my job, I'm still conscious of when I am conducting an interview and like aware that people can hear me um, and can hear my side of the conversation. It's something I definitely still think a lot about. But it's depressing to think about how many things uh, we have sort of accepted as normal and how much more productive we would be able to be if we didn't have to think about all that. Yeah, I mean, I did an article last year about the cost of wearing makeup at the office, and that's also really similar, I think, in terms of thinking about our appearance. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, there's something we have to think about in the morning, and that takes up brain space. And I don't know, if we're wearing something that maybe for whatever reason we feel like it gets unwanted attention, then you you become self-conscious or even just things like 
I don't know, it's like, oh, is my shirt like accidentally see-through? Yeah. And I don't know that. <laughs> right. Or like, is there a hole in my dress? And I feel like that's something that women just care about more than men do because we're so socialized to think about our appearance. And yeah. if you're in an open office, you know, if you have your own office, you can just sort of close the door. But if you have an open office, there's no way around it. And I think even silly things like, I mean, people fidget, they do strange things that they're not even quite aware of as they're working. And it just makes you really, really uh, conscientious of that. And uh, yeah, it can certainly impede your working. So I think, you know, this is just something we kind of have to figure out how to work around. Yeah, because I don't think open offices, you know, they're definitely here to stay. I don't think they're going away anytime soon. I think so, too. As much as we can talk this to death, you know, I I feel like (laughs) that is very much the norm in a lot of places. And you know, we have to figure out the best way to focus within that. So I think we should now talk about the different ways that you can beat open office distractions because they are certainly here to stay. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And so we're going to take a quick break now. And after we take a quick break, Pavithra will interview one of our colleagues who tried out three different techniques on beating open office distractions. This episode of The New Way We Work is brought to you by Verizon the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Welcome back to Secrets of the Most Productive People. I'm joined by Talib Visram, who tried out three different techniques to beat open office distractions. So before we get into specifics, uh, give me an idea of your day-to-day work. What does a normal day in the office look like for you? Well, I uh, I kind of do a hybrid role. I'm, I'm an editorial assistant slash reporter slash other. Um, I think, uh, you know, mainly the reason they wanted me to do this was because I sit outside of the boss's office. Mm. So it's kind of the ultimate test. But day to day, you know, I'm I'm reporting and writing, but also kind of scheduling, doing uh, a lot of kind of admin for the um, for the higher ups. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are some of the distractions you find most difficult to deal with sitting in an open office, especially being right outside of the boss's office? Well, I think that's the main thing. I think, you know, obviously he has notable guests coming around kind of the, uh, you know, whether they're external or, or internal. Um, but I, you know, obviously have to set a good example. Um, and so I can't really get in the zone when I when I need to or want to. But there's times in the day where, you know, you want to have that power hour. You want to have that kind of, you know, just a couple of hours of just, you know, turning everything off and mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. So you would say writing is probably one of the things that's hardest to get done in an open office. I think so. Because, like I said, you know, you need to get into the zone, as yeah, you know. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I can relate. Uh, right, right. With with fewest distractions as possible. Um, and I guess, you know, these kind of three methods were uh, were a way of testing, which which is the best way to to get rid of those distractions. Mm -hmm. So the first method you tried was putting a do not disturb sign somewhere in your cubicle so people could see it when they were walking by. How did you go about approaching this method? Did you tell people in advance that you were doing this? Well, you know, there wasn't too much warning. Uh, I told the boss, but other than that, um, you know, I just put up the signs and kind of just saw people's reactions. Um, And I think Honestly, uh, it it was pretty terrible because um, (laughs) I could only really think I was very self-conscious. I could only think of, you know, what are people thinking about Mm. this? What are people's reactions? Uh, Am I being rude? Uh, It just seemed very passive aggressive to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had literally not told anybody else. It was barely. And the people opposite me, I mean, my desk mate didn't even know that I had them up. Oh, (laughs) Uh, so she was disturbing me. 
But, uh, you know, so I, I, someone suggested maybe it wasn't rude, but, um, but that it was because I am British and too polite <laughs> that, uh, that it bothered me. Um, but like I said, you know, being outside the, the boss's office and the signs pointing directly at him, Right. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I felt like I it was being somewhat rude or, or passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't say it was all that effective for you. It was not effective, and I think um, my Slack kind of my my Slack messages increased because uh, you know whether it was kind of explaining myself yeah. or or asking other people for things because I I didn't want to kind of talk in person. Um, So I don't think that it was that much more productive, no. Yeah, I almost wonder if people would have seen the sign and stopped to ask you about the sign rather than not actually, you know, leaving you alone. Right, right. Well, you know, they they didn't do that, but I I, internally I was, you know, wondering what they were thinking. Right. Uh, I think maybe it would make a difference if uh, the signs were a little friendlier, maybe a little exclamation mark or a a smiley face. Uh, but they were just, you know, bold right. typeface kind of get out of here. Um, and it, it was just unfriendly, kind of unwelcoming. Yeah, look, I mean, exclamation points can be really effective. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the hardest part of it sounds like it was just sort of getting out of your head. It was hard for you to get past that feeling that you were being rude and actually focus on your work. Exactly. So maybe it's my own problem. More than anything else. <laughs> maybe. Um, is there anything you would maybe do differently or do you feel like this technique just didn't really work for you? Yeah, I'd rip them. I'd rip them off, honestly. I, I um, Maybe part of it was that this is kind of brand new for me. You know, the the music thing or the coffee shop thing is is not a kind of new thing. I've, mm, you know, we've yeah. all done that. Mm-hmm. But, and this, is, this was kind of a very trial and error, I guess. So you mentioned the other techniques were a little bit more natural for you. So mm-hmm. the next one you tried was noise canceling headphones and I think also playing music. Yeah. So what was can you talk a bit about what you actually did and right. we can go from there? I set up a, a, an hour long playlist uh, of just instrumental music. So it was kind of uh, a mix of, you know, classical jazz, uh, you know, electronic kind of hip hop beats, um, a little bit of ambient noise, kind of waves and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. It was kind of a revelation because, you know, I thought that this didn't work for me in the past because I've I've tried this a lot in the past, but it's always oh. been music with lyrics. Mm, yeah. Um, and um, obviously when there's lyrics, you know, you're, you're concentrating on the lyrics. But the instrumental thing, uh, you know, I think it actually worked for me and I, and I think I would actually do it again. So... Again, like this, this felt like something that was a little bit more natural because you're used to listening to music, but this time you were trying it, you know, trying out music without lyrics. And so you felt like that was much less distracting than maybe what you would ordinarily do. Definitely. And I think, you know, it depended on the song as well. Um, I think, um, I think that, you know, there were a couple of, a couple of songs, pop songs with classical versions. Like I think I had a Despacito in oh. like a classical version or, <laughs> you know, a Beatles compilation in a classical version. And those were a little more distracting because you kind of know the pop songs right. and you are thinking of the lyrics in your head. Yeah. But the ones that were straight out kind of just chill out beats, mm-hmm. kind of medium tempo, not like mts. I think those were were the most conducive to to work in. Yeah, so it's safe to say this was much more effective than your do not disturb sign. <laughs> yes, no, it was. And um and the other thing I guess is that, you know, I I don't personally own any noise canceling headphones. I I'm usually just using, you know, those kind of crappy earphones, mm, in earphones. I do that too. Mm. Right. right. Yeah. And these I think made a made a big difference. Right. So would you say that you noticed yourself checking in more on Slack? Or, um, you know, like otherwise engaging with people because you had these headphones on? 
Uh, I don't think so. I I think um I think the slack levels were were kind of the same as as usual, really. But uh, you know, th this was interesting because you know people see the headphones, so it is kind of like having a sign up mm -hmm. on my head, right? But um. <laughs> Without the aggressiveness. Yeah. And to be fair, most of us wear headphones. So I feel like that's a more natural thing to sort of denote, you know, by saying, hey, I have headphones on. I'm probably in the middle of something. Yeah. But this was probably a bit more noticeable just because they were the over the head headphones. That you exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I've, I, I should win a pair of noise castling headphones as a prize for doing this. Probably. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so is this something that you would maybe incorporate into your workflow more often? Yeah, I, I would definitely do this. Um, I'm going to uh, add to the playlist. And uh, yeah, another thing was, was you know, the length of the songs. I think uh, the longer songs were better because you weren't distracted by the song changing. Right. So I'll keep that in mind when I'm kind of adding new songs to mm -hmm. the playlist. So your third method was to um, go to a separate place altogether, leave the office for a little bit and try and carve out some time to do deep work. Um, I know that's certainly something I can relate to. I find it really, really hard to write in the office. So I'm curious, you know, what did you try? Where did you go? Um, and how effective was it? Yeah, so I went to a uh, this kind of Manhattan coffee shop. Uh, and because it's a Manhattan coffee shop, you know, it's uh, $14 sandwiches and $5 coffees. But I will say that this was the best out of the three. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I am... I'm used to doing this, you know, if I work on weekends, for example, I'm always at a coffee shop. I have a desk at home in my room, but I never use it because I just never get anything done. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and I just feel like coffee shops have the right amount of, of noise, kind of that, that ambient noise. No one's talking too loudly. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just kind of the perfect kind of kind of level of noise. Mm -hmm. So I assume you weren't using headphones in the coffee shop. No, although I guess you could combine the two, right? You could you do could. that kind of... Uh, maybe you don't want to put up do not disturb, so, do, do not disturb signs <laughs> in, in a coffee Probably shop. Probably not. Right, right. That would be very aggressive. But um, but no, I was just um, just just working without, uh, without music. Yeah. So w were there any drawbacks to this or do you feel like, you know, there's, there's really nothing bad about working in a coffee shop. The one thing I can think of is being able to charge your laptop. That's sometimes a challenge if you don't find an outlet, but... Totally. And there's a lot of coffee shops around the city that have rules or, yes. uh, saying that you can't kind of... Right. Uh, or you can't work at certain times. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to places that have their uh, outlets uh, taped up. <laughs> um, but uh, one thing I will say, uh, you know, on, on the positive side as well is that... Um, it's an incentive to work quicker and harder because when you're sitting somewhere and you feel like you constantly have to keep buying $5 coffees, yeah. you want to get out of there as quick as possible. Yeah, that's true. I, I There's a place near me that turns off the Wi-Fi at 5 p.m., so that's huh. kind of annoying because you can't really work during the week, yeah. but it, it can be effective if, let's say, you're trying to get something done. For sure. Yeah, so is there anything else that you know you might do differently about working in a coffee shop or I don't know anything you would alter about the experience um I don't think so I think you know it's the 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 tried and tested works I think you know mm -hmm. get there early get an outlet yeah you know I guess moral of the story I'm never coming into the office again <laughs> <laughs> I guess so so I mean do you think realistically you'd be able to spend more time out of the office you know on a weekly basis or day-to-day -day basis or is, is that is that tough to do just given your schedule i think it's tough given my schedule but you know 
I guess maybe the, the headphones is a happy medium then. In that yeah, case. I think so. Yeah. So overall, how do you feel your productivity challenge went in trying to beat open office distractions? Yeah. So, you know, I think I discovered a lot more than I thought I would. Um, like I said, kind of the, the, the headphones uh, thing was was uh, kind of a revelation. And I'm going to kind of add to my instrumental playlist mm -hmm. and make that a thing. Maybe purchase some uh, noise canceling headphones. And I also learned that the uh, do not disturb signs were very aggressive uh, and felt very self-conscious about that. And, you know, the coffee shop kind of backed up the notion that, that yeah, that's where I work best. Mm -hmm. But like I said, you know, my role is uh, such that I, I have to be in the office. So I think the headphones are going to be the, the way to go. Great. Well, I'm glad that you figured out a way to boost your productivity. <laughs> thank you for the tough. opportunity. <laughs> of course. Anytime. <laughs> well, thank you so much for trying these methods and thank for reporting you. back. Yeah. No, it's been a pleasure. After Talib did this challenge, we wanted to hear how our other colleagues deal with open offices. So we went around and asked them what they do to beat distractions. Do you feel like you're more productive or less productive in an open office? I unfortunately would say I am less productive in an open office. Uh, more. More, I'd say. Really, why do you think you're more productive in an open office? Uh, okay, so you've met me. I'm a fairly social person. And I, I weirdly find that I sort of benefit from being able to, like, when I need to talk to people, when I need to bounce ideas around, whether it's directly, you know, saying, hey, I need to run this idea past you, not because you're working on the story, just because, like, I need to say it out loud to someone. It's really easily doable here. I think I'm more collaborative in an open office space because I can easily, you know, grab someone, talk to them, chat with them. But I do think sometimes if I need something that, if I need time to really focus on something, I'm less productive. Do you have any ways that, that you try to beat open office distractions? The main way, honestly, that I try to do it is closing my email, but I think with open office, sometimes it's challenging in general because there's so many people around. Um, I think if you move to a quiet spot or if something's getting in your way, that's one way to do it. My personal strategy is just having a list. So as you can see, I have a bunch of sticky notes and a book of just list of things that I have to do. I usually, uh, the, the day before I leave or even the night before, I think of like at least five things I have to accomplish the next day. So as long as I have that list in front of me, I'm pretty good. I have really nice earbuds that uh, isolate sound and I can't hear a thing when, when they're in. And that is, on occasion, very helpful. If you walked up to someone and they had a do not disturb sign hanging near them, would you think you would honor that or, or would your need to actually like collaborate, like get an answer from them, overweigh that? I feel like I probably wouldn't notice the sign, and but if that was kind of what we did in the office, like everybody knew there was a sign system, I'm not sure it would be 100%. <laughs> I endorse it. I think it's great, actually. I kind of want one. Can you print me out some? No, seriously. I think it's great because I feel like, you know, we, we're kind of in this open office concept. And if you really need to get work done, it's very easy for someone to just walk by and just assume you're not doing Even if they have headphones in and you look busy, someone could still just come up and just be like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, let me just like grab five seconds <laughs> right. of you. But if you have these signs, it's a very nonverbal way to say no. But then again, I mean, I have no soul, so you know, I kind of, I kind of dwell on the passive aggressive. No, I think I, I think it's I think it's polite enough.
That's all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to Secrets of the Most Productive People wherever you listen. So what questions do you have about open offices or being more productive at work? Let us know by leaving us a voicemail at 201-371-FASD. That's 201-371-3278, and we'll find an expert to answer your questions. Or you can also tweet your questions with the hashtag FCMostProductive. If this episode was helpful, please let us know. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also follow Fast Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Secrets of the Most Productive People is produced by Joshua Christensen. 